What to say about this town? I don't really have anything to compare it to. I've only ever lived here. I tried to leave for college, but my parents wanted me to stay, so I did. Just another concession for them. But it's not all bad. Life here is fine. I've still got the same social circles I've always had. Navigating them is no problem for me. But something has been up lately, and we've been trying to figure out what. Welcome to Some Place to Be, a new actual play podcast that I have the thing to describe what it is, and I have it in a different tab, so hold on a second. And welcome to Some Place to Be, a podcast about being places sometimes. Yes, welcome to Some Place to Be, a podcast that, uh, it, ooh, I wrote, where did I write it down? I wrote it somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to just do the, so I don't want to do a podcast about whatever. I don't want to do that because that's front of the table and I, I don't want to copy them that much. So inspired by them, but I'm not going to do that. I wrote in the show ideas above that, the pitch of the show. Okay. Welcome to Some Place to Be, which is an actual play podcast dedicated to exploring how mechanics inform character and celebrating games by indie designers. Uh, we're here today to talk about the premise of the show overall, um, introduce our cast, introduce our characters, introduce um, the game that we're going to be playing in our first arc, and um, just like do a character and world building. Um, so uh, welcome. And uh, who wants to introduce themselves first? Should I go first? Should I go last? How do we want to do this? <laughs> I think you should go first because you've been the one that's talking and therefore deserve an introduction. Yes, hi, I'm Siobhan. Um, I uh, am a person who loves actual plays and listens to many and has participated in a few and I'm finally <laughs> starting a new one and I'm very excited about that. Um, uh, you can find me at Twitter at SpellboundMage. Um, that I don't know. At this point, we don't know how much Twitter is going to be around because of the time that it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. If Twitter exists. If Twitter really exists. There. You can also find me at Siobhan on co-host. And uh, you can watch my Twitch streams at uh, twitch.tv slash runaway sorcery. Um, and uh, you can listen to my old podcast, Otherware, 
uh, by Googling Otherware Podcast. I'm sure you can find it that way. Otherware rules. Um, and you can also listen to my work on Protean City in the ARC's uh, Splinter Division and The Longest Halloween. And my pronouns are she, her. Direct impact rules. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love rules. her. <laughs> uh, I can go next just because I'm on the top of the list. Yeah. Hello, I'm Josephine. I'm at Scary Dog Friend on Twitter and at josephine.dice.camp, I believe, on Mastodon. Um, I am a TTRPG performer, facilitator, sensitivity consultant, uh, and supplemental writer for games. I am currently the ET1 by Night storyteller, which is my one big accomplishment so far. Um, uh, along with lots of other places where you can see me do one shots and Korean-based casts and all Asian casts. Uh, horror is my jam, and playing uh, horrible, terrible women is my lifeline. Should we say the character that we're playing, or is that? Well, we're we're gonna like go into that with like mechanics and everything, so you can't okay, cool. say that, or we can do it when we do like the whole breakdown of everyone. I feel like maybe we should do it after we talk about the the show as a whole, and then when we get into yeah. the yeah, I my outline is like we'll talk about the show. We'll talk about we used to be friends, and then we'll break down the characters. Yeah, that's good. We go like from We're... general to specific in that way. You know, sort of yeah, because that hole. way you get like how the characters fit into the world that they live in for this first game. Uh, I guess if we're going to go by this list, that means I'm next. I'm Cassidy. My pronouns are she, they, and z. Uh, I'm a funny little robot. I live in your computer. I do podcasts sometimes. Not as much lately. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. You can also find me on Twitch at that same name, or on co-host at Lobotanist, which is the same as the previous thing, but without the first three letters. Hi, I'm I'm Ribby. You can find me on Twitter uh, at RibbySauce. I am an artist, and you can find my art Twitter um, at, at ArtByRibby. And my pronouns are he, they. And I am just super happy to be here. Cool. Uh, I guess that's me. Uh, first off, uh, I want to thank Joe for uh, going by the Discord list because it means I had time to chill while everybody else had to sort everything <laughs> out. So in going last, I kind of have the benefit of structure already being established here. Hi, nice. I'm Indy. My pronouns are he, they. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at It's Mr. Mask. I'm also on co-host at Indy because I wasn't not going to snap that up because it was available. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Oh yeah, I do podcasting stuff too. You can check out, uh, our, uh, Masks Actual Play podcast, uh, Blue Wheel and the Outlaws over at, at Dice Comics. Um, we're okay. Dice Comics rules. Dice Comics is so good. Thank you. All right. Well, I already mentioned this before, but, uh, we're an actual play that's going to be focusing on how mechanics inform character. And uh, what that means is for me, like what, how I conceptualize that is that we're going to be taking the same characters and putting them through many different games and settings and systems and exploring how those characters, um, how changing them mechanically can change uh, how we, how the character operates, how we feel about them, what becomes important to them, what they do on a regular basis. Um, and because of that structure, we are going to play different indie games as we go along. Um, Which is why I am here as a representative of the indie community. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Isn't your name? 
Um, yeah, so we are going to be using games that uh, don't have many actual plays yet. Um, the first game that we've chosen uh, does have some short campaigns and one-shots, and, and we're going to be doing uh, what I conceive of as a short campaign. Uh, you can check me on this later when we see how many episodes we actually play in this game, but um, I'm really excited about that. Um, what the other thing that this means is that we're going to try collaborating with multiple GMs and also, for some games, maybe lightly changing them to be more uh, of a GM-less feel or a facilitator feel. Um, that's what I'm going to try to be doing with this game, which brings me to what our first game is. It's We Used to Be Friends by Jonathan Lavely. I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right, but you can find him on Twitter at Firestorm Inc. Um, you can go to his website, uh, Firestorm dash inc.com and you can find uh his itch page uh at firestorm inc on itch um and so the game we're playing is called we used to be friends which is a game about playing teenage detectives with messy relationships um and when i saw this game i just got so excited I, how i first discovered it was i was asking around on twitter what are your favorite pbtas that aren't the big ones that everyone knows about and several people were telling me about We Used to Be Friends, and I'd never heard of it before, and then immediately fell in love with the premise and style. Um, at the time, I was watching The CW's Nancy Drew, which is so close in this game's, like, how it operates, except for the fact that that game is, um, that show- That show. That show. <laughs> except for the fact that that show is a little loosey-goosey with some of the things that are, um, written in this book as- suggestions that help the game work well <laughs> but i don't really want to spoil that show so i won't explain more <laughs> um but uh we used to be friends is the child of veronica mars and monster hearts um which means that it has a lot of mechanics that are descended from monster hearts um and if you don't know much about that game it's a teenagers uh that are secretly monsters uh dealing with a lot of angst um and so this game has inherited a lot of social mechanics from it that are really fun and cool that we're excited to use. I think that's definitely something um, that draws me to the game in specific, because it's one thing to be a detective game. It's another to factor in all those social relationships, all those social, you know, gamifying sort of social aspects to make that happen. Especially in games like this, where you kind of have the choice to emulate like a TV show or emulate a genre in a specific way. And it kind of gives you the leeway to sort of go as deep as you want with it. I love social mechanics. I love, <laughs> if you're not familiar with my previous work, I, I love masks and I, I've done a lot of actual play stuff with masks and I hope to continue to do that. And it, that game has great social mechanics, in my opinion. Amazing social mechanics. Uh, so this game has really cool stuff too. Um, like, for example, you have a list of relationship slots that you have like mechanical things that you can do with people that are in those lists, uh, which we can break down later. And then there are moves associated with them. And then, of course, like uh, many PBTAs, a lot of the playbook moves are social-related as well. Um, and so this game is uh, a detective game. It it's about teenagers solving mysteries. Um, and because it's a detective de game, a lot of the book is actually devoted to talking about how um, you are someone who works outside of the normal authority structure in your town 
um, because you're teenagers, which gives you like a very, that's a very specific position in society. Um, but also it means that you are not authority figures and authority figures are going to be standing in your way throughout this game. And in particular, um, the game really emphasizes that cops are never going to be the people who solve your problems and they're never going to be the people who help you solve a mystery. Um, this is not a like NCIS game. This is not a game that, um, that suggests in any way that cops actually solve crimes because they don't. Three, one, two. Um, yeah, <laughs> this game is, um, has many, many pages devoted to ACAB which I appreciate um, in case uh, anyone who picks up this book doesn't know that already. But cops don't solve crimes, and it has, like, many statistics um, showing that. And um, just, like, you have to pick mechanically what's wrong with the cops in your town. And the list is uh, that you have to pick two of the following, aggressive, indifferent, cronyism, or corrupt. <laughs> and so I really like that about this game, and, and this is something that, um, we talked about when we talked about our lines and veils that like the cops are never going to be the good guys for us. At best, cops are indifferent people who don't help. At worst, they actively make people's lives worse. So that's the the vibe that we're going with with this detective game. Um, does anyone have mechanics that particularly stood out to them that they want to talk about? I want to talk about how the stats work with the basic moves. Yes. <laughs> It's my favorite mm, thing. Mm. Uh, so, like most PPCA games, this is a, a system that has basic moves that everybody has. Um, and you also have you know, your stats that most RPGs have. I have to say most there, not all. Yeah. Um, but, whereas most PPTA games will be like, okay, so this move where you like punch someone has to use this stat that we've decided is the punching stat. Right. Uh, in We Used to Be Friends, you get to decide which stats are which moves for your character. Um, so the stats in this game are Eyes, Rash, Hard, Soft, and Body. And the moves are Gumshoe, Putting It All Together, Fight, 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 and Action, and Open Up. And so you, you get to you know, specifically apply certain stats to certain moves when you create your character. Decide, yeah, my character is the kind of person who tries to gather information by talking to people. And getting them to open up with me, or stuff like that, or I, I punch by pinpointing the exact weak point of the person I'm looking at, that kind of thing. And uh, it lets things be really different for different characters. And I, think I feel it's like neat. if we're on this now, maybe we should go. Oh, we, we should talk about the stats themselves and what what they represent and how they sort of yeah. operate, especially in the context of this being sort of you know based in PTBA games. Yeah. So. um we could read the stats, or we could just talk about them. I thought I maybe we we go by, through them it. one by one. Like, there's yeah, five of yeah. them. So, yeah. like, oh, hey, what page is that them. on in the book? In, in who did the reading? Did anybody do the that reading? I didn't do the page, reading. That is page seventeen. I read the Sparks notes. It's page nine in the screen reader PDF. Thank you very much. Um, so something that I should point out for the listeners: if you haven't looked at the We Used to Be Friends book. It has this awesome visual design, which is that it's based it's on so high funny. school yearbooks. So it's got it's got the design 
of a mid-2000s yearbook or like a 2010s yearbook. It looks exactly, I pulled out my high school yearbook. It looks exactly like my high school yearbook. The stock images look like people who could have been in school. There is there like, is one so stock funny. image in there that I am convinced is somebody's like casual Doctor Who cosplay from 2011. Like I am so, so sure <laughs> that's what it's meant to be. Oh my like God. without saying anything, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's page 17 in the book. Um, where it has a list of all the traits. And then it also has a, a description with each move, like how that trait would apply to each move. Um, so does anyone want to read the description for eyes? Who is the best eyes here? Yeah. Who, who's the best eyes? Yeah, who does have the best know. eyes? Is, uh, I have okay eyes. I have eyes at one for my character. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant in real life. <laughs> no, I wear glasses. My eyes are bad. <laughs> if, if, yeah, we, if, we, if we have that discussion, we're going to be um, sitting here arguing all day. But um, yeah, I, I have bad I eyes. Say, I have eyes of one. I think Avis. I think. I think Avis has bad. Well, Avis also has bad eyes as well. But <laughs> so I'm very down to read it. None of us. Everybody except for Avis has an eyes of one. Yes, please, please read it, Joe. <laughs> With the worst eyes. Eyes. If you need to be aware of something, then your character is going to use eyes. This ranges from picking up on clues that were left behind, reading a witness's body language, or noticing an unexpected weak spot that you can jab with a taser buzzing in your fist. If you want a character that is going to be picking up on all the details, then you're going to need a good set of eyes. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read Rash because I think we should just go through yeah, the Discord fair. list again. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Rash. There is a time for thinking and a time for plotting. And then there's a time for saying screw that and just doing what needs to get done. When you're acting without thinking, that's using rash. This is a trait for people who don't like thinking, they just want to grab what they need and go. They can overwhelm the opposition with their aggression, or pick up clues by grabbing what they can and figuring it out later. If you want a character that's way less interested in talking and far more interested in doing, then you're going to want to be rash. Hard. Uh, feelings. Uh, you can let feelings get in the way of doing what you want to do, or what you need to do, so sorry. Uh, feelings make you hesitate, and hesitation gets people hurt. When you need to compartmentalize what's going on for the greater good, you end up being hard. People who don't get it are just jealous. You can do what you need, what needs to be done, regardless of who gets hurt in the process. Alright, my turn. Uh, soft. Everyone has needs, hopes, and dreams, even if they don't want to admit it. You're soft on those kinds of people, because you know that they just can't see what they really need. That's what this skill is about, understanding your feelings and the feelings of everyone around them. You know that people can't exist on their drive for revenge, or their need to self-destruct. There needs to be more to life than that. Alright, and the fifth stat is body. Everyone has the ability to get physical. If things aren't hard for you to accomplish, then that means you have enough body to get the job done. This is very much something about the physical nature of your character and has nothing to do with their looks. It doesn't mean brute strength, either. A high body trait means your character is about physicality, flexibility, touching things. If it's getting physical, it's body. So, yeah, so those are the stats. And so, as you can see uh, from the descriptions, they're all, um, they all allude to immediately how they could be used to do uh, many different things. So, like, eyes isn't just looking for clues. You could use eyes to fight. You could use eyes to interact with other people. Um, and so it's just, like, really cool <laughs> that you can do that. Um, and I don't think we need to, like, necessarily go through the moves. Um, 
that'll come up in play. Yeah, I just I just felt like it'd be, I, I know you said we wanted to do wider stuff before going into it, but I felt it'd be good to go over that just to get the vibe of the game in terms of how oh, all the yeah. characters like operate and what the playing field is, really. I mean, we will not be reading what these are during play, for sure. But we will be reading what the moves are when we play, I think. You end up being hard. <laughs> I was really, I was trying really hard not to make a joke about that so bad. I mean, I guess well, we can quickly describe what each move is, even if we're not going to read it. So there's gumshoe, putting it all together, fight, 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 and action. And the last one is open up. So and if you want to know what those moves do, you're going to have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, or I'll just quickly summarize or you each can one. Do that. Gumshoe is about like looking for clues. Um, putting it all together is about connecting clues to like actually solve a mystery. Um, so like that's how you connect clues to suspects. Open up is about like talking to other people, and action is about reacting when there's immediate danger or acting when there's immediate danger. So actually fighting and stuff, uh, or not fighting, like getting away from danger. And then fight, fight, fight is about fighting someone physically emotionally or socially which is how you could use things like soft to fight is that you could go after someone emotionally um and then yeah that's all of them they're in a different order on our um cheat sheet than they are in the book for some but um the other thing about we used to be friends is that on the itch page there's a link to a fantastic character keeper on google sheets which we are loving and using to its fullest potential on this show so um yeah, so it's it's good. Um, <laughs> uh, and so everyone has made a character, and we have all allocated our traits to the different moves differently, and we can go I, through I that don't, as I we don't want to just interrupt and, no, and please. slow the podcast, but um, we were going to do a thing to talk about if people had things they liked about the, the system. I said mine, and then no one else got to say it. Oh, yes, someone else please one. say it before we talk about the characters. Yeah, I got it. Something that I also love that we found out during our very, very first play of this is you can roll with your relationships as well. So when you, it like really, when there is a very tasty character driven roleplay happening and like there's a narrative opportunity to bring a certain person into the scene, rolling with enemy or rival or acquaintance, it just brings out like this small town like yes this is a community college this is a high school vibe of it all because you can just kind of access people sometimes yeah it's great those moves really like set the mm. tone for a scene in a way that doing just basic moves wouldn't do weirdly sometimes people like you like you can sort of leverage the relationships you have in that way which is you know the entire reason it exists but it's yeah. i mean that's no, how will that's exactly yeah that's how teenage detectives <laughs> work right is trading favors for favors um because that's what mom. you have as a as a high school student is that you have your relationships with your friends and that's how you get info something i do i do really like about this game is that it does have the detective thing of like sometimes you'll just ask a question in a way some, somebody in a like detective story will just like ask a question in a way that in real life, you would just never answer. You would just be like, I'm not answering that. But because of the nature of this as a game, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, that is why they answered that. Because you rolled well enough. Because you, because you are that detective archetype, that detective stereotype. I say this because I... Right, you're a person I, who's 
good at provoking information. Exactly. I say this because I was watching <laughs> uh, clips of Columbo, and I know that's not the age range or, or tone of what we're going for, <laughs> but there's a moment like, so this, this was, this is from like one of the last, the I think it's the last episode of Columbo where they had a bunch of specials in like the late 90s, I want to say, or early 2000s where Peter Falk was like old, old. And he's, when he walks into the club and he looks around and he's just, he's doing that thing that detectives in detective stories do which is, you know, has that basis in that Sherlock Holmes thing where they ask a bunch of innocuous questions that have, like, seem like they have nothing to do with the crime, and the person just answers them because they seem innocuous. In real life, you would just not answer those questions, but because of the nature of detective stories, people are going to answer them. So he just walks in there and he's like, ah, can you tell me the 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 name of the breed of the, those fish in the pond over there? And the, like, evil bar owner was like, oh, they're koi fish. And you just wouldn't say that. You'd just be like, get out of my bar. Like... <laughs> Who, Who are, are you? you? Please leave. <laughs> Get out of here, Columbo. Come I don't on. know they're fish. But in, in addition to Columbo, I've also been watching stuff like Gilmore Girls and rewatching maybe like a little bit of Once Upon a Time. I'm not as deep into my rewatch as Siobhan is, but. I'm only like five episodes. You are deeper than I am. <laughs> you are deeper than I am. I rewatched, I rewatched the pilot like last night. Like, oh, man. I finished my Outlaws episode and I fell asleep to it. So. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Uh, stuff that I wanted to talk about with this game. I wanted to read the plot principles and the character principles out, um, which is something I think I want to try to do for every game because I'm really interested in looking at what games think they're good at or what they are like attempting to do as like a reminder to us as mm-hmm. like this is what this game is going to be good at supporting. And th- here are places where we might want to lean on it differently, knowing but knowingly so that we can make the best of it. Um, and so there are several plot principles for this game, which are play to find out what happens, the classic, um, be mysterious, everyone has secrets, everyone's a suspect, tie everything to the fiction, leave blank spaces, be a fan of the story, it's okay to recycle, and sometimes you don't have to make the call. Which, that last one, sometimes you don't have to make the call, is probably my favorite um, principle in this book, which is that um, the idea that if you don't know what to do, uh, you can look to the other people at the table to help you decide how a bad role should go or, like, what kind of consequences you want to do. If you're, like, unsure what to do, look to your people who you're, you're telling the story with and get their input, um, which is so exciting to me. Um, and a big part of why I wanted to play this game is that I, while I do like GMing, I, I don't really see it as my passion. I love following a character and, and going through with them and so uh spoiler alert but i'm playing a gm bc in this game um and that kind of has negative connotations in like the D community and stuff like that uh, in games where characters have a lot of stats and you have to track a lot of stuff with them but in a narrative game um i don't think they're much of a problem unless the gm is being selfish with their screen time and stuff which i would like to think that I can, I know enough to. I feel avoid. like it's always it's always um, better to be overly so, paranoid like, about that with a GMPC as well, like rather than rather yeah. ra- rather than you know just being like, all right, it's my story now. Which I've I, I've honest to God, I've encountered very rarely in my time in this space, but I know for a fact it does happen. Like it it it, it Indy is a- has one of my favorite GMPCs oh, on Dice Comics. <laughs> <laughs> so I should also point out that this is like designed as a collaborative mm-hmm. game, so. GMPCs like barely exist depending on how you play. Yeah, so the other great thing that I love about 
the book for this game is that it goes into a lot of explanations um, to help people learn how to do collaborative play. Um, so it has like uh, stuff talking about how um, this is a game where your party is meant to split up because it's a detective game. You're meant to split up and search for clues. And so when you're doing that, the game suggests that you have the players who aren't actively playing characters in those scenes play some of the NPCs, um, which is great. And I love that. Um, if you've listened to Otherware or you're interested in that sort of thing, I recommend listening to my old podcast, Otherware, um, where we did a lot of uh, sharing of NPCs among the cast. And I'm hoping to do that here. Um, and I just think that it's um, it's a lot of fun and, and it helps everyone stay invested even when uh, their main character isn't in a scene. Um, and it also, for a game like this that is designed to be, um, uh, to, to solve all the mystery as you go, um, this is a game where the MC or the, the GM doesn't know how the mysteries are going to end when you start them. Um, and so it's great to have input from everyone on how the NPCs are in town. And I love that. Um, yeah. And then they also have a list of character principles, which I'm also going to read. Uh, and the character principles are information comes at a cost. Take risks. Address the action to the characters, not the players. Normal is the new watchword. Treat the NPCs like crooks. Have a life. Right to shelter, right to build, right of support, right to representation, and right to spectate. Um, so these are all kind of dense, and I recommend like reading the book for these um, because they have great explanations. Um, but the idea is that um, you want to have these characters take a lot of risks, and uh, you want to focus your attention when you're actually playing the game on the characters, not the players, because... It helps people stay in character and be in character. And I really love this wording update to address the action to the characters, not the players. Because I know that some people are alienated by the address the the characters, not the players. And here it is about addressing the action to them. Because the characters who are at the table are important too. But the people that are actually playing the game are important. And, you know, part of telling a good story and having a safe table is paying attention to the mood of the people that are playing with you. Uh, so I love that. Um, and then the list of rights are kind of about that as well, where you are telling a story with other people, and so it's important to take their feelings and opinions um, into, into it and um, you know tell the stories that people want to be telling um, with right to representation and with right to spectate. It's important to... Um, enjoy what the other people in the table are doing and appreciate their scenes even when you're not involved in them. Uh, so I, I think this game has a great um, intro and uh, ideas about uh, how to help people facilitate a healthy table environment. Yeah, so with that, shall we move on to talking about the characters that we built? Or do we want to talk about, yeah, let's talk about the characters first. Now we'll talk about the town we made after. But um, quickly, I just want to say we are hacking this game in a couple ways. Um, first, this game is not meant to be have your characters um, be transformed into uh, characters in another game later, which means that we are probably introducing magic or science fiction into this <laughs> setting, where the book explicitly says 
your mysteries are going to be less fun to solve if you solve them with magic. So try to stay away from that. And I am saying, yes, we're going to stay away from that, except mm -hmm. for maybe the season mystery. Oh, I guess before we talk about characters, there are three types of mysteries in this game. There is an episode mystery, which is what happened, like, a, a, like, like an episode of a television show. It's the mystery that you're going to solve over the course of one session. And then there's the season mystery, which is the the question that you're going to solve over the whole arc of your campaign or a season of your campaign. And then there's character mysteries, which are personal or I guess they're called personal mysteries, which are about your character in particular. And the resolution of those is going to change some aspect about your character or their life. Um, and they all have different amounts of rules for how much you need to do to solve them and stuff. but. We'll get into that when we play, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone want to dive in with their character? Oh, right. We're hacking this game. We're, we're also playing uh, college students instead of high schoolers. Because uh, we wanted characters that um, were a little bit older. Um, but I, yeah. I think that we, we're fitting in still with the same vibes of, like, we're doing this in a small town. Um, but yeah, we are explicitly knowingly hacking the game playing with volatile young people that are young adults instead of teenagers there's not a lot in the book about like parental structure or like life at home necessarily as well like there's nothing that dictates that to you so like like mm -hmm. sort of hacking it in that way isn't really that difficult yeah i just have a lot of thoughts and opinions about people who play masks with characters that aren't teenagers because that game is so meant to play teenagers and like you can also play young adults in masks but i think um, that game is, it's really important that your, your player character mm. isn't sure of who they are. Whereas this game, it's really important that your character's, um, social structure is volatile because, um, your relationships are meant oh, to change yeah. often. So, <laughs> but that happens in college too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arguably so much worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to start talking about my character Please. um how much do we get into the like my stats and my playbook moves and then yeah is that where we stop I just get into it as much as you want um but i i love the playbook sure. moves. i'll just go so through my whole please thing. talk about your playbook moves absolutely so i will be playing avis nam she her a all dressed in pink fairy punk uh bratty kind of rich girl uh with the very new money flair to her um asian baby princess whatever it is uh she is the libertine playbook my stats for her she has a negative one in eyes not super perceptive uh her rash is two hard of negative one soft two and a body of one uh so my I put my rash into gumshoe, uh, my hard into putting it all together, my body into fight, 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 soft into an action, and eyes into opening up. So we're great at getting in people's <laughs> business that she does not belong into uh, and getting under people's skin it, and as far as actions goes. And she's not good at putting clues together or opening up. Uh, and if she has to, she will get in a fight. Absolutely. Uh, 
her character playbook moves, I switched them around a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, we have two. So my first one is if my first move is called, if I could do that, I wouldn't come to school. Uh, when you try to hit on someone, roll plus soft on a 10 plus. If they choose to give themselves to you, score. If not, you get to use your intimacy move because self-love is still love. Uh, on a 7 to 9, you get turned down and get to use your intimacy move, but you get a condition or a cliff. Uh, my second move is it's a sorority party. It's why I left the womb, which just says so much about Avis already. <laughs> uh, when you want to get into or start a party of any kind, you can. Choose two. Someone will foot the bill. Some place will be provided. Action will be had. No rolling for it because rolling is for losers. So I just get to make parties happen. Amazing. Uh, my int- intimacy move is just relax and enjoy the ride, baby. You're a love machine and it's going to be awesome. If you get laid or fail to get laid, which <laughs> never happens, then you get to bank a clue. Brackets, which never uh, Which is very funny. This playbook is not a virgin. <laughs> Which it's so funny. I so something I really love about this game, um, to compare it to Monster Hearts. Monster Hearts has most playbooks have sex moves. And I love that these are reflavored as yeah. intimacy moves because it makes it more broad. Yes. And a little bit more friendly yeah. to people who don't have sex or don't like to have sex or asexual people or not asexual people. Um, everyone involved. But the but the flavor for the libertine is so funny and like it's it's very funny to me. And good. I love that it works uh, whether you get laid or don't get laid so that there's no pressure on anyone to reciprocate because you get the benefits regardless of how mm. the other character reacts. So it's good. <laughs> and you don't have a personal mystery to start. I don't. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm vibing. I'm perfect. <laughs> well done for you. If you're, if you're done talking about Avis, I can start talking yeah. about my character. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Uh, I will be playing Victoria Castelli, they, them. Uh, they are the sidekick playbook. Um, I'm, I'm going to read the description of that because I feel like that doesn't really tell you much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always there for your friends. You're the person the others rely on when they need a favor. It could lead to trouble, but you knew that going in. Um, they have an eyes of one, a rash of zero, a heart of minus one, a soft of two, and a body of one. Uh, they are um, they are a player on the collegiate co-ed baseball team. They are, get along with people well, but are very judgy about people behind their backs. I think it's the best way to describe it. They are the main girl's best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put soft in gumshoe. I put hard in putting it all together. I put eyes in fight, 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 fight. Um... I put rash in end action, and I put body in open up. So really, like, leaning into the the manipulative stuff with getting information out of people by talking to them. (laughs) Uh, My playbook moves that I took are, those are called dimes, which, when you help someone investigate their personal mystery, roll plus soft. On a 10 plus, pick two, you let them bank a clue and let them place a clue, or they get plus one forward on their next scene. On a 7 to 9, I pick one and either take a condition or get a cliffhanger. Uh, that's really, you know, part of, like, sidekick helping people out with the stuff that they're working on. Uh, my other playbook move is, you can't take the cool out of me. When you want to fit in, roll plus soft. On a 10 plus, you fit in and no one will bother you, and you can add someone as an acquaintance. 
On a 7 to 9, you fit in, but either someone will bother you or you create a problem for someone. This is them fitting in with, mm-hmm. you know, most people getting along well enough with others. Uh, their intimacy move. You're such a nice person. Everyone likes you so much. When you're intimate with someone, any characters who like this person lose a condition. People who hate this person gain a condition. You can, you included. Uh, and my personal mystery is someone is trying to hurt a sibling of yours, but they won't say who or why. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, I guess one quick note is that every playbook has a different number of slots for the types of relationships. Um, and there are four types of relationships, enemies, rivals, acquaintances, and good friends. And then one extra special one, the best friend. Um, and so, like, uh, yeah. Victoria has three good friend slots and two acquaintance slots, two rivals, and one enemy. Whereas Avis has three enemy slots, one rival slot, three acquaintance slots, and three good friends slots. <laughs> so Avis can have a lot of mechanical enemies. You can have more than three enemies, but you get specific mechanical benefits for working with these three enemies in particular. Uh, and also, the cool thing about these slots is that if you only have one person in a slot where you have like room for multiple, it means that your relationship with that one person is more intense. So if you have three enemy slots, but you only have one enemy, then you get more heat with them as, as People might say, like wrestling fans might say, that you have heat built up, which I think is cool. I'm excited to see that in motion when we play. Ruby. But yeah, hi. So I'm going to be playing El Alvarez de Them, and they are the delinquent. And that, um, El is a a bit of an outcast, fitting for like their playbook. Um they're very rarely seen in class because they tend to skip a lot. They're a bit of a troublemaker. They're Filipino. <laughs> so I think that kind of says a lot already. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like a little goth punk troublemaker. And I like them. I'm really excited to play them. Um, so for their stats, I have one in eyes, two in rash, zero for hard, negative one for soft. And one for body. Um, yeah, they're they're a bit of scrappy. <laughs> and for moves, I put gumshoe. Gumshoe is for zero. Putting all together is a one. Uh, five, five, five is two. Uh, and actions one. And open up is a negative one. Uh, I hope these. I hope these uh, stats really kind of like explain my character better <laughs> than I can explain it right now. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Character character playbook moves. I have two. I think we all have. We usually only have like two yeah, or two one, to right? start off with. I think is what okay, the book recommends. Yeah. Okay, all right. So first one is um, what's so great about living? Uh, when you get a condition, you may gain another condition to bank one clue or gain one XP. You can only gain XP like this once per episode. And my other one is uh, look, there was a string attached. When someone tries to make you do something, roll plus rash, and on a 10 plus, you may say no, and they'll back down, and then you get to also bang one clue. On a 7 to 9, you can you can say no, and they'll back down, but you get a condition, or they become a worse friend. So, basically, my whole character, my whole, the whole playbook as, like, the delinquent is just kind of, like, sort of, like, uh, how do I say, full China shopping, <laughs> like, um... 
like everything in a lot of situations, just kind of being like, you know, not to like bring up Riverdale CW, but like being the chughead, I guess. I mean, that's something that absolutely factors into the influence of how this game can be played. You can be Veronica Mars or you can, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a very CW mystery game. We're so influenced by CW here. I, I think yeah. it's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Riverdale. I guess Riverdale, I'm the Jughead. But... <laughs> you don't need to. You super don't need to. <laughs> At the very least, just only watch the first season. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, um, so my intimacy move is, uh, the description of it is, uh, your code word is endurance. If you are intimate with someone and you're a suspect in a mystery, you can remove a clue token attached to your name and give it to the person you were intimate with. Which sounds a little fucked up, if I could be a little <laughs> honest. But, um, you know what? I have no idea if that's ever going to even come into play at all, but, we, you know. I definitely am comfortable with, like, using that as, like, if you have an intimate conversation, we can use that move. Like, you don't have to. For sure, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, who knows if, that, if you will ever choose to use that move, but. Yeah. And uh, my personal mystery is that I've been framed for a crime. Who is doing it and why? Oh, we yeah. have to figure out what that crime is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arson. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't actually do we that. Can, Don't actually put. We'll arson. figure that out later. Is is that really framing with arson for 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 L? Like, is 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 arson within her wheelhouse? Let's let's be real here. Let's ask the real question. You know what? Like, that is very true. There. Aggravated arson. Aggravated arson. <laughs> um. Oh, something that um L brings up too. We didn't talk about how uh there are conditions in this game they're kind of like all right they're like a little bit more mechanized than conditions in monster hearts i've only played monster hearts a few times but um how this works is that you have three different types of conditions you can get physical social and emotional and if you get three conditions of the same type you get knocked out of the scene or if you get one of each type of condition you get knocked out of the scene um and so l gets benefits for taking conditions <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a boy, I'm a delinquent, but you know what I mean. I guess that leaves me. Um, I am playing Faisal Faiz Warada, um, who is a hard-boiled. Uh, according to the book, the hard-boiled reads as, You've been on the receiving end of bad news one too many times, and it's made you tough, strong, and vengeful. You find solace in making those that have hurt others pay. Your motto was get tough, get even, and I don't know if people are familiar with my other work, then yeah, me being drawn to somebody who enjoys making other, making making people who hurt people pay is uh, very within my wheelhouse for superhero stuff. But um, my particular uh, stats are an eyes of one, a soft of zero, a rash of minus one, a body of one, and a heart of two. Uh, to sort of give you an idea of the kind of person uh, Faiz is, is, he's definitely antisocial in a way where it's not necessarily about uh, pushing people away, but it's definitely not necessarily about giving a whole lot of himself over to other people at the drop of a hat. Um, I think for his circumstances in particular, because I like not to look behind the kimono too much, but uh, he he isn't from the town that we're setting in, whereas most other people, I, I believe, that we're playing, um, like, sort of have roots um, within that town. Um, 
and uh very much like uh very much like l he's sort mm-hmm. of a have not he's not somebody like avis or um uh siobhan's character uh where he's in a sort of a decent or sort of stable position within the town itself um and uh as for am i missing anything on the sheet right now no um so for my particular playbook moves i know we've chosen two i've only chosen one right now and that's partially because I might not choose the other one until we get into play because I still kind of want to get a feel for the game and sort of um, see uh, which of these moves I gravitate more towards because it's the kind of thing where I genuinely can't choose between the ones that I haven't chosen. Um, but I'm also someone who... They're all very, very, very Because they're, they're all so good. <laughs> Thank you, Firestorm Inc. Um, Thank you, Firestorm and, Inc. Uh, but moves. I am someone who enjoys, uh, <laughs> enjoys sort of having... Uh, a range of options in different situations. So for my particular uh, hard-boiled move, I've chosen Get Mad, Get Even, which allows me to use my hard stat, which I will remind you is a a plus two, with any basic move. However, I have to choose one. Uh, I either make a friendship worse, give myself a condition, or I get a cliffhanger. So it allows more sort of rain... It allows me to do something really well with hard, but I have to sort of take something for it, which I like. I love games like this, and I love PTV games in particular that sort of, you know, have a cost mechanic and, you know, you get what you want, but something else happens and that sort of pushes the social or the, you know, the plot narrative a little bit further. Um, why my season? Oh, my intimacy. I nearly skipped over this. Um, intimacy is a big deal for you. You get vulnerable in ways you aren't completely comfortable with. It's a touching moment and you can both make your relationship better. However, this doesn't mean that you can't do some sleuthing. Bank one clue, two clues if the person you were with is a suspect. Which I love because it is a very detective-y kind of like, it, 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 it's, it's Batman-esque, it's like Humphrey Bogart-esque where it's like, you've gotten involved with somebody but you're still on the job technically, you're still trying to figure out this mystery, you haven't completely like lost sight of what's going on. Which also kind of makes you a little bit of an asshole, which I like, that works for the hard-boiled. It kind of shows that, you know, they are sort of si- singularly minded and that sort of creates a character conflict, which is, you know ultimately what drive these, drives these games forward, and I like it. Um, for my best friend, if I ask them to do them a favor, they mm-hmm. get plus one forward when doing anything in regards to filling a favor. If they complete the favor, uh, we both get one XP. Um, and for my personal mystery, um, I have an option of two here. My childhood best friend vanished and no one else seems to care. I'm going to find them. Is parent my really my bi- biological parent? Uh, if I use parents really, aren't really in the picture, and I know I think I changed this up a little bit where it's just his it's his current best friend. It's not necessarily somebody he's known since childhood, but it's somebody he's known since he's moved to the town. And I believe that for him is uh, his the the weed supplier he works for as just sort of a low a low level weed dealer. I think the way I had that relationship was that this dude thinks he's like Walter White, and he just kind of sells like very shitty weed <laughs> that no one really cares about. Oh yeah, I meant to like God. I meant to content warning this up front, but we're going to be talking about recreational jugs on this show. Um, so, just so everyone knows, <laughs> that will come up. Because we're cool. <laughs> we're cool and do recreational drugs. Uh, did I miss anything yeah. there? I don't believe I did. I don't yeah. think so. Um, because you're the hard-boiled and, like, you're talking yes, about, yes, you yeah. only have one good friend slot. I have more enemies. Two I, 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 the weight of enemies. the hard-boiled is that you have more people out for your blood than you have people you can trust, which I kind of like. It's <laughs> very cool. And then in this game, um, one of the options at leveling up is to add extra slots to your relationships. 
So you can always change that later if you want to use a level up on it. Uh, so I guess I'll talk about my character. I'm playing Maeve Monroe. She's the socialite. The socialite um, has everything handed to them. You've got such a high status that friends, money, and opportunities have never been too far from your grasp. How do you plan to use it? For the benefit of others? Or hide your sins? Or both, as the need strikes you? Um, and so, uh, Indy talked about this, but another thing about this game is that when you build the town, um, you, you build uh, stark differences between the haves and the have-nots. And the socialite is, I think, probably the only playbook where it tells you you must be a part of um, one of those groups. So the socialite has to be a part of the haves. Um, but it's important that they aren't only popular because they are rich. <laughs> uh, they are also good at no navigating social situations at the same time. Um, and so Maeve is a daughter of old money who um, is going to college in this town because her parents wanted her to. Um, and uh, she has uh, some stats, which are eyes of one, rash minus one, hard one, soft two, body zero. So she's good at um, interacting with other people. Um, and her abilities are gumshoe, which is assigned to rash, a bonus minus one. Uh, she has body for putting it all together, which means that she's going to use things like a conspiracy board to, like, figure out clues. Or she's going to have a notebook that she scribbles down things on until she sees a pattern. Uh, she's got hard for fight, 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 fight. That's a one. She has eyes for and action. And that's a one, too. And then she has soft for open up. And that's a bonus of two. So she is, she's good at uh, having heart hearts with other people. Um, and then my character playbook moves are student body president. You ignore any minus one forward penalties from social conditions. You're amazing and everyone loves you. However, social conditions still count for you being taken out. Um, so I, I have a lot of moves about conditions as well, which is that I can have them. And while I'll still get knocked out, it won't affect me as much in the moment. Um, and then my other move that I'm starting with is you've been listening to Radiohead, haven't you? I love that move. Whenever you want to get intimate so with someone, <laughs> we always laugh every time we read that one. Uh, you've been listening to Radiohead, haven't you? Whenever you want to get intimate with someone by lowering your emotional barriers, roll plus soft. On a 10 plus, choose one from the list and they either choose, they, they either choose to give themselves to you or promise something they think you want, which is like directly taken out of Monster Hearts. Um, and on a seven and nine, they choose to give themselves to you or promise something they think you want, or they let you choose one from the list, carry plus one forward against them, change your friendship with them, or a clue. Um, so I'm excited to use those. They seem like really fun moves. Let's see. Uh, I also have my best friend move, which is if you're in a scene with your BFF, you can gain a condition to stop them from getting taken out. If you get taken out this way, gain one XP. So I expect to take a lot of conditions um it's particularly social ones i think and then my intimacy move is intimacy is with you is great but really complicated it's very nice but things tend to happen to the people you are intimate with when you are intimate with someone remove a physical condition but you give them either a social or emotional condition and then my personal mystery is your parents are keeping a secret from you you need to know what that is so yeah, that's that's Maeve. Um, I think she might be kind of passive at the start as we um, we get established in the story because I will be facilitating this game, and so I will be sitting in the GM 
role a little bit more at the start at least or at least during this arc um yeah and so as we go on some of these characters might be uh gmpcs in the future or npcs depending on how we structure our future games depending on which games we end up playing but that is our cast for we used to be friends terrible children oh and i have wait i have one enemy slot one rival slot three acquaintances and three good friend slots uh just briefly Fize has uh um for gumshoe i'm using rash with a bonus of minus one putting it all together using eyes uh with a bonus of just one fight 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 uh i'm using hard obviously uh with a bonus of two and action i'm using body with a bonus of one and my open up uh, uses soft with a bonus of zero. Uh, my one bit of feedback for this game is that I think the move fight, 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 <laughs> fight should have one less fight in it, or one more fight. In I it. don't know. It must be referencing a Veronica Mars scene, right? Well, I mean, that's just the thing that people yell when you fight. When kids in the ha- hallway are fighting, you yell, you start chanting "fight." Who who here got into fights at school? Like, let's 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 lay it down. Let's be real for a second. Like, not me, but I saw plenty of them. Absolutely not. <laughs> I did not get into fights at school. Okay, all right. Am I the only one? <laughs> I got in fights in the bus, but that was me. I was more ambushing people than. Oh, I mean, okay, that's fair. That's still respectable. <laughs> that's still respectable. <laughs> Straight though, up you know jumping I mean? people. Like, that you you chose the stealth option as a, as opposed to the as opposed to the pure <laughs> DPS. I, I understand that. No, I uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I I broke somebody's knee in high school nice. by jumping on somebody's <laughs> back. I didn't intend to do it. I just... Oh my gosh. It, you know how fights go. I don't know why I why? jumped on his back. It's but fine. It's, it's also because, like, it was just some high school stuff. You know, like, the way that sort of... You, the, the way that sort of social situations escalate to that point. Or sort of if you're a kid and you think, like, oh, this is the only way we're going to hash it out. Like, the rules don't apply sort of a Remember, thing. Remember, listeners, break I mean, your enemy's knee. If any high schoolers are listening, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> encourage that. I am writing it down as we <laughs> Elle will do that over the course of the show. <laughs> if it makes anybody feel any better, he was a dick. Uh, I don't know if he's still also... a dick now, but yeah. Like... <laughs> Fingers oh. crossed. He was very rich. Hopefully he not, was I very, guess. very Hopefully rich. So, like... He learned his lesson. Uh, oh, you should have robbed him. I mean, I, I felt bad enough after the knee thing. I think taking his wallet out of his pocket at 16 years old would have been, like, too much power. Like... <laughs> like I, <laughs> it just really seals the deal. I think that would have been really funny, in my opinion. Holy shit! So, because we're doing a college setting, we also chose majors for every character, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Maeve is a business major, but her minor is environmental impact. Uh, L is undecided or undeclared, undecided. Yeah, Victoria is an architect major, architecture major. Uh, Avis is a major in mass media, theater, and uh, Faiz dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because this is a book about the book has this um thing, or rather the sample playbook says this game is still like very new, and so it has like one example um character sheet as like a a way for feedback about the game, um. And it has superlative on it. So I was thinking that we could come up with superlatives oh, for all of our characters. Because it's like a high school yearbook. Also, all of these playbooks are called yearbooks, right? Yearbook profiles is like what they're called in the book, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, <laughs> um, 
I appreciate when a PBTA game gives their different mm. classes name, like a, a, a yeah. gimmick name, like in Monster mm-hmm. Hearts they're called Skin. Like skin. But I will always call them playbooks. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't understand why they're not called masks and masks. I don't get it, but I like I know it would be too much, but it would be committing to the bits so hard. I have no choice but to respect it. That would be too confusing. Too confusing. They could call them costumes. <laughs> oh, Stoom, they could. Suits. Which also so, would be confusing, yes. but good. <laughs> Stooms. So I have superlatives that I've given to Avis, as well as who, what she would give the rest of the players as superlatives, oh, I would... if that was what I was Ooh. supposed to I would doing. love to hear those. Yeah, I was thinking this kind of Please. be like of um, call signs, where you're, like, in Beam Saber, they recommend that you let the other mm. players name your character's call sign, but of course veto it if you don't like it. Um, so I'm, like, totally open to hearing what you had written. Well, to also just clarify, when we are coming up with superlatives, am I basically, I'm not coming up with my own, is what you're basically yeah, saying? Yeah, but also, I like the one that you came up Got with, it. so, like, I don't have a better suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> there are okay, no rules cool. here. Um, so, yeah, Avis's superlative that I kind of just government assigned her is most likely to be famous. She is a good one. the theater kid, yeah. she's the actress, she's obnoxious. Um, for Izzy, which is her nickname for Faiz, uh, biggest eye bags. <laughs> Man. Uh, for Vic, uh, or Victoria, most likely to pull off a heist. I know you're <laughs> sneaky, bitch. Uh, for Elle, most likely to end up in jail. Woo! <laughs> it's, it's just sort of like a compliment. You know, no worries. Yeah! And for Maeve, for maybe richest goody two shoes. Damn. They get a little specific <laughs> at the end. Vicious. This is oddly personal. Yeah, my superlative for you is that you're ugly, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm Some cool. superlatives, in, like in old yearbooks, I don't know if they still do this, but are like actually mean. <laughs> Just like that. They're like most likely to do, like, insert passive aggressive comment the, compliment here. The two I won <laughs> in high school were most likely to be remembered in 20 years and loudest, the combination of which uh, is forms an interesting they go hand in uh, hand. story. I think the worst thing anyone has ever said to me in, like, a superlative situation, it wasn't even for, like, a high school superlatives. It was just a random yearbook year in, like, middle school or something. Um, people in my class said that I would be most likely to be a politician. That is the meanest oh thing I've ever said about That is something that, could, that no. Victoria could have, though. <laughs> they, when, when people say that as a compliment, they mean this idea of a politician that has not existed for the better half of, like, a century or, ever, or two. Or ever, possibly. Or ever, or <laughs> ever. Like. I actively try to forget anything I did in high school. I don't remember anything at all. So fair. Yeah, I actively suppress all my high school memories in the back of my mind. I, okay, I'm gonna get weirdly, weirdly personal in our episode zero here, but high school, high school memories are like conflicting for me because I like I had a really, really good high school experience. Like I had a really close group of friends who I did like everything with. Like we all sort of came up together. That's good. Um, but I'm someone in my adulthood. I'm someone who no longer sort of has contact with either his family or many of the people he grew up with in his community, if that sort of makes sense. Um, and that's partially mm-hmm. because of um, 
I'm going to say uh, personal experiences and ideological disagreements uh, that sort of uh, happened between myself and my family and sort of the people that at the time I thought were like the most people in the world in the world to me. But like sort of, you know, as relationships do, they do sort of shift over time and people's priorities change, you know, thing, you know, things change in general. So that so it's a, it's a very interesting sort of exercise for me to sort of use, you know, high school to early college experiences for characters like this, um, with the benefit of hindsight, if that makes sense. Because I feel like it's very mm-hmm. different if you're in it. Like, it, there's a very different vibe to, like, vibe to somebody, like, um, who's out of that, um, sort of early 20s, late teen sort of experience playing something with the benefit of that kind of hindsight. Because it, it kind of allows you to set your character up for, for failure, failures you, you know, um, as an adult, you've experienced yourself, not personal failings, but like set them up for, for realizations or epiphanies that you already mm-hmm. have the benefit of having, which is why I feel like a lot of people in particular are attracted to games like these or masks where you have characters who are still sort of forming their identity or, or still kind of like navigating very mm-hmm. difficult social structure. Um, yeah. in, what if I'm just playing this game because ideas. I love to be mean? <laughs> <laughs> you made a character who mechanically can be mean. Would that be okay? <laughs> So mean. So I terrible. I will excuse anything you do because I love you. Sa- it says Rivi and L at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> Joe. I just want. I just want to be I mean, clear. You are allowed Elle to be feels. as mean to Faiz as you want. You are allowed to be. Oh, I'm so going to. mean. Like I'm going. Yeah, to. Content warning, mean girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag gatekeep. That quiz. Cassidy posted a yearbook superlatives quiz, but it's really just a vocabulary quiz from Merriam-Webster. Yeah, surprise, you have vocabulary. (laughs) Is what that is. I'm upset, actually. I was excited. I was like, oh, Merriam-Webster, you're going to tell me what my high school superlative is. Nope. That's a weird Gotta go to BuzzFeed for that. Do they still have them? Probably. I was just trying to find a list to get, like, an idea. Um, But I do love Goody Two-Shoes as Maeve's superlative. Mm-hmm. We'll see if she lives up to that. Probably won't. Top ten on this list for superlatives are best all around. Wow, what? Can, can you imagine being told that in high school? That can't end well. No. <laughs> Biggest flirt. Oh damn. Class clown. This is this is a twofer. Cutest couple. Wow. Ew. This is making me believe I'm fucking illiterate. The life of the party. Oh, Avis could also get that one. Most athletic. True. Most changed. Ooh. Vic is most athletic. Most likely to succeed. Okay. Which I think might be a good one to give to to Maeve. I mean, she's been dealt a very kind hand by life, so... I like, That's just like the vibes that I think come off of what you've described Maeve as. Yeah. I I think that definitely fits. Would you would you describe her as like an overachiever? Would you describe her as no. somebody who works particularly? I would hard describe her as someone who or... has good grades, but like doesn't work that hard at them, and also isn't um, she isn't like getting like straight A's or whatever. She's just getting like oh. reasonably good. I mean, we, do you think it makes more sense if I say she gets straight A's? I just like I'm trying not to play myself as a character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I'm a person who's good at uh, No, school. I just, that means I had a, I had a wrong read. Mm. Which makes sense. We haven't gotten to play these characters much. Yeah. Uh, number nine on this list is most unforgettable. Mm. Number ten, most unique. 
Hmm. Let's see. Uh, I guess some ones that we're are all unique and forgettable. Most, yeah, <laughs> the most forgettable. Uh, best of bromance is on here. Cute. Oh boy. Uh, most likely to drive to class. Interesting. Most memorable thing about you is your car. <laughs> Christ. Most likely to sleep through an earthquake. Oh damn! See, that's the passive aggressive one. I recently rewatched Mean, mean Girls. Um, and there was the scene with, like, Regina George in, like, a beautiful, like, pink car, and I don't remember if I said that Davis drives or not. I think we, I think I said that she didn't drive, but I almost- Do you want to change that? Want her to drive. I almost want her to drive. Do you want her to drive that car? Yeah, I think she has a pink car. Her family has the money to have her have a car. She does. She is, she is a half. Have... carpool with Avis. Yeah. Nice. The one thing about Avis is that she is, like, a generous- like carpooler if you're going to a party if you're if you're trying to get her to drop you off somewhere get a fucking uber that's not mm-hmm. my job yeah, but she will say get in the car loser we're going to yes. a party <laughs> we're going car, you fucking idiot uh we got most involved as one on here most in okay yeah like with like clubs and stuff most uh, likely to never be single Ooh. wow all right. That would be Avis. This is a this is okay, a new safety thing. This is I don't know where. Yeah. So I I was like I didn't realize that you wanted to have that Avis was the kind of person who had relationships. When you're like she's gonna cheat, I'm like oh she doesn't have open relationships all the time. <laughs> but that makes sense. It's like she, yeah, I think she is all over the place for her own benefit, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the shit that she's done has bled into cheating and like she just will she breaks up frequently like yeah she, no one knows what's going on and like that's kind of the vibe with her is like which relationship is she in or is back in like because i think vernon who's one of her exes is like definitely a, an on and off toxic thing yes that i perhaps vic and avis have like a maybe a, a mixed conflict about because it's like that's my bro why are you treating him <laughs> like that <laughs> okay i love that yeah that makes a lot of sense to me um i see probably how i'm thinking about this is avis is probably the kind of person who like never says i i'm your girlfriend or whatever but then never tells people not that Absolutely. so they all assume that they're like have a stronger Absolutely. relationship than they do <laughs> damn Bad, yeah, I mean, most likely to win the lottery and lose the ticket. <gasps> oh, that's such a dig L, at right. someone's ability to do homework. <laughs> L, use your best IV. person to share a deserted island with. Damn, what does that mean? That's so evocative. Resourceful, I guess. Maybe is like the main one, or like just good company. Yeah, I can't imagine what it feels like to receive any of these. It seems strange. I, know. I checked my I yearbook. We didn't have superlatives in my <laughs> in my high school yearbook. I don't yeah, have me a high neither. Yearbook. I I we had biggest flirt in my yearbook, and it was so weird. That is weird for it's high school. It's the weirdest. Embarrassing. Ever. Like why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why biggest whore? Like it, that's what you're saying about this. I do. Person. I do want to say. <laughs> I'm going to talk over my air fryer here. I don't know how bad this is going to be over the edit, but there's something I do like about this game because we were talking about Mean Girls. Something I love about Mean Girls rewatching it years later is the 
ama- amazement that my like 15 year old self bought Lindsay Lohan is 15 and Amanda Seyfried as 15 and Rachel what's her face is 15 like at the time but this game in particular has that energy of like has that specific genre thing of like young adult shows of like adults playing slightly younger which is why it kind of factors in that <laughs> oh, weird yeah. metafictional yeah. way. Like, I don't know how old um, What's-Her-Face was when she played Veronica Mars, but, like, you know, it's based on shows that play in that Kier- space, so. Kirsten Dunst? No, not Kirsten Dunst. Bell. Bell. No, that's not- Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put most likely to succeed as uh, Maeve's uh, superlative, because that's, like, a real one. Totally. Or, honestly... Most likely to win the lottery and then lose the ticket is like a FIES plus and or L thing for sure. I feel like that suggests a certain level of yeah. misfortune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think it, well. like a bad luck almost comes with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The unluckiest. Mm-hmm. All right, let's have a bio break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the town that we made. Another reason why I was really excited to start this podcast with this game is that the town almost has a playbook of its own, and I was really excited about using that for our world building. Um, so Joe came up with a great name for our town. If you want to, or I'll introduce it. Uh, it's Puddingston, spelled Puddingstone, mm-hmm. but in the uh, New England uh, way of things. It's not pronounced exactly as it's spelled. Um, so Puddingston is our small town on the coast of probably Massachusetts or Maine on, you know, like a North Shore kind of place mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking of. I'm from New England, and so that's where my touchstones are. So for this first game, um, that's going to be a lot of the what we're leaning on, uh, which is why Indy earlier mentioned Gilmore Girls. Um, I'm thinking about Once Upon a Time. I'm thinking about um, many New England-based settings. Also, the CW's Nancy Drew. Um, it's familiar to me, unfamiliar to some people, um, and it's going to be fun to play with, I think. So um, we already went through, and we picked things for the haves and have-nots for our town. Um, so the game has a bunch of suggestions for like what the town haves have, so what the wealthy side of town has um and we chose old money and real estate which are tied into both Maeve and Avis's families uh and then for the have-nots we also picked two um so these are um kind of problems that the town has which are uh immigration uh what that specifically means here is that it's hard for immigrants to get good jobs um and stuff like that, hard to find a sense of community because of that, and that there is a high cost of housing in this area, tied to real estate being a main industry in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if anybody had any comments about like why those suggestions or those selections excited us, but um, I think it's going to make a fun mystery I to play in. Literally just... Got, finally got fired from my horrible real estate job, so. <laughs> oh, damn. But also, congratulations. In any way that we can... Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, in any way we can just fuck it. Yeah. Just shit on realtors and how horrible they are. J. 
genuinely. Uh, yeah. So uh, those are what we chose. Um, yeah, immigration also ties into mm. Fias's background. Being, I'm the I'm the one person here, here who doesn't live in like the on the American continent. So it just felt more right not to pretend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, write what you know is mm. a a philosophy that I think also mm-hmm. works well with actual play. Um, you yeah. know, using at least tidbits from your own life to flavor and stuff is and always good. Ribby, I don't remember was high ho- was high cost of housing related to L because doesn't burning L down houses somewhere kind of run down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah. No, I think, like, yeah, I think I chose, like, high cost of housing because, like, yeah, like you mentioned, Elle does live in, like, a bit of a uh, rundown part of town, and they are only supported by their sister who runs, like, a local bakery there, but that is, but it's one of those places where, like, there's, like, the store at the bottom and, like, also, like, a housing unit at the top. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it was like the most affordable. Yeah, in a very, in a very similar way, like Faiz lives on his own in a really shitty, rundown apartment. He's dealing to survive that sort of a way. Again, for context and taking stuff out of my own life, there was a point before I dropped out of college where I was just kind of doing other people's assignments. Like this was all undergrad, so it wasn't anything that like was anything super big or important. But I was doing other people's assignments for cash just to get by, as well as like having to, you know deal whatever weed I might have had me at the time in order to, like, pay my rent. So there are two, um, like, thought-provoking questions um, at the start of the town makeup, which is, what do we call the wealthy part of town and what makes it excessive? And what do we call the poorer town and what makes it difficult? And um, we don't have to answer those right away. Just ponder them, because I haven't thought of answers for those either. So, um. But I, I think it's an important flavor mm. for the game that it makes this distinction between people who have money and people who don't. I do think the beach area is where people are the richest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which one, you motherfuckers, have a beach? Seaside views. I mean, Maeve's family should should have one. That. <laughs> yeah. One of my little questions about the town is. What's the big party spot and how are you connected to it? Uh, my The big party spot is beach house partying. My parents are realtors. So Avis is very directly like has seen <laughs> most of these places. And if she had any reason to break in anybody's house, <laughs> she would just know where certain things were. She knows where the realtors like what days they're showing and stuff. Right. So like you can get in like after hours yeah. on an open house. Yeah. <laughs> Can we add large lawns also to what makes it oh, excessive? No, just big lawns, massive, big water, water cost yeah. to yes. keep them green all the time. Parasitic tropical plants that oh, aren't God. local to the area. Uh, yeah, so we also named our school for us. It's a college. It's the Painted Atlantic Naturalist Technical School. Thank Joe for that. Um, Thank you, Joe. <laughs> uh, what we were talking about with painted is that there's um these like painted turtles that we decided that's the school mascot. It's really cool. So turtles. It's, it's Massachusetts's like state turtle. Yeah, or something. Something like that. Um, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pantech is the name of our school. Pants. 
pants. Pants. Yeah. So, so before we... Cool kids call it pants. It took a while to name the server that we're using to plan this show, and it was called Podcast... Uh, podcast uh name to be determined show or something like that i can't remember what it was but it was like abbreviated to looking like pants <laughs> podcast Girl, like you know what you know what pants sounds pretty funny let's go with that <laughs> podcast name to be determined i was like trying to remember like what is it podcast to be named server or something like that it was like what it was it's pants pants it's pants so the school is now pants <laughs> it's nice. now pants I do love the idea of us calling the wealthy part of the town just the beach, like capital. Small towns ever oh, kind of yeah, get away yeah. with that for Ooh, for yeah, spots. Like good. there are a million like the spots, the rocks, like the playground. Yeah, exactly. That's like a universal yeah. thing for small towns. Yeah, right, right, right. It confuses tourists because when you refer to the beach, it's like a huge neighborhood that is not all connected to. Yeah, the beach. yeah right, right, right. They're like technically a couple beaches or something, but it's just referring to. Yeah, so I... The cultural, the, like, feeling of the region. I see that we've got some of the delinquent questions filled in, so what's the secret yeah. hidden spot in town? Delinquent. The shitty underground club. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> shitty underground club that you need to probably ask a couple people to, like, get a password into. It's probably, <laughs> like, in the basement of, like, another club, club, in club, in all technicality, but it's, like, a completely yeah. different vibe or something. Yeah. The club and the Avis cooler can club. Get it. Avis, can, Avis can get it. Mm-hmm. I'll just sneak in. Yeah. It's fine. They don't like me over there. Oh my god, you too? <laughs> they don't like you over there? Been there once. And only once. Is that one of those times where you solved a mystery in a way that was not flattering to someone there? Maybe. Because you're the hard-boiled. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, for the socialite, what's the name of an exclusive club? Can I just be, like, really literal here and just have a Daughters of the Daughters of American Revolution club? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's funny. Oh my That's god, funny. yes, a, absolutely. A what? So there's this, um, there's this organization called the Daughters of the American Revolution, which is, like, if you can prove that you had a, uh, ancestry, if you are directly descended from someone who was a hero in the American Revolution, Mm-hmm. Uh, you can join this club, but if you're a woman, um, and so like if for Gilmore Girls, like the grandmother in Gilmore Girls is a is a daughter of the American Revolution, um, interesting, yeah. And so I I'm just thinking like what is like what are we playing with old money like that's the kind of thing. Um, we are the daughters of the witches you didn't burn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, for the sidekick question, when it says local community center, what do we think that means? Uh, I don't have much mm. experience with, like, like um, a YMCA or something. What, do ooh. They, what does a local community center do? I, I mean, something with beach, like, fucking unpaid beach cleanup labor or something. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, so we think it's, like, community work and not, like, I, I was thinking of, like, things at, like, community centers that, like, in, like, living communities do, where it's like, oh, yeah, we're hosting a, a thing, this kind of dance. I think it's, like, bingo a, night and it's stuff. like, an everything. I think it's, like, an everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of there being, like, marine science, like, showings or something there. Like I've written down three things, then. Holiday craft fairs. 
town founding celebration nice and volunteer beach cleanup nice. oh, those are perfect those are that's exactly what i'm thinking about for this town Hell that's yeah. perfect um what okay I, I have i have beef with one of these questions for how we're playing this game um and that is what are the most popular students in school called as a group we're not playing high schoolers right <laughs> that doesn't happen this doesn't right. happen there's no plastics in college yeah. even if there are some in in high school some college, some colleges do. It depends on the college, I think. Like oh, not in the like same wonder... way it is in high school, mm -hmm. but you get to know people via the company they keep, rather than specifically being a tricky right. thing. It can develop into that because you do, because college is more likely. It, it's it's a more likely place for you to find people who you hang out with on your interests specifically. Yeah, I, I get that right. part. It's just that, like, I don't view any of those as being popular. Like I think my problem here is mm -hmm. that popular groups. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't think that's a thing. That's not that's the popularity is not really a thing in college. No, but knowing people by their speciality or knowing people by their interests before you necessarily know them by like just a reputation is more likely. I think. Yeah. Okay. So I do think this is a small school, and so we will know people just by reputation because it's a small college. But yes, the social dynamics are not like high school. But you might know somebody because they're always yelling at you from the student activities fair or whatever because they're in all the gloves or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what you're saying, Siobhan. It would be interesting if, for example, like what if Maeve and Avis were like in the same sorority in all technicality, something, you know, wild or something. I feel like that type, that sorority because of your involvement, my involvement and like the the associated like achievements as well as parties i feel like that could be do we want this to be a school that has real sororities or a school that has sororities that are fake because what, it's a small what, what school is the distinction wanted them? In, in the states like sororities that are basically clubs my so i went to a liberal arts college and we didn't have sororities um but you could join sororities that were for like boston overall so it's like not really being in a sorority whereas if you go to a state school, they will have real uh, right. sororities and fraternities that are like national organizations that have branches at those universities. And they'll have like a house where people in that sorority can live at. Huh. So what should we do about like that question? Yeah. I mean, are the most popular students, are the, do they have some kind of social club? My grad school had one that was like as a club for making the parties that the grad students go to. Like, is, it, is there a club that is for throwing parties with school budgets? Yeah. It's like, this is the club That's that throws. Thing. Like student programming. Yeah, student yeah. programming. Yeah. Is it student programming? They know everybody in student programming. I feel like Avis would be in student programming. Well, I was like, who is this, this most popular group that has, that doesn't have Avis or, and or Maeve in it? So that makes sense to me. <laughs> All right. We can go with that then. I'll write that down. Because I think those are the people who know when a party, like an official party is happening on campus, mm -hmm. but they probably also just like parties and know when people are having house yeah. parties and things. Hold on, I'm going to put quotes around student programming. <laughs> Quote unquote. All right, most popular thing to do at school. I'm going to have to think about this one. So I never, yeah. I never did things at school. <laughs> Fun fact about me. I feel that. I did so much. I know so much about like the club budget shit i think similar to that question like the vibe that we're going for like we're all adults at this point 
um, yeah. the Libertines, uh, for the question about the school, what's the lunch situation like in the cafeteria and how do people keep themselves separate? People go out to eat all the yeah. like, People go yeah. out to eat or, or they eat in the cafeteria. People don't talk to each other. I did put that we have big corner booths uh, that people love to cram into. I think just like the vibe of like a corner booth in a cafeteria is like the safest fucking place to be. Uh, yeah. Is our school's calf any good? I I went to no. a, a school. The cafeteria was good in the way that a cafeteria can be good. But when you eat it every day, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a I, friend I visit exactly who goes that. to a different college and they're like, oh, this food is great. And you're like, I guess. <laughs> they must be starving you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> No one here is like starting an underground trading ring for chicken tenders or anything. <laughs> I love that episode of Community so goddamn much. <laughs> Contraband chicken tenders. Uh, so we also have the questions from the playbooks that we have not chosen, which are the tech geek and ingenue. Oh, do we also answer those questions? We can if we want to. I mean, these are just for flavor. Mm -hmm. These are just to help me know what people are interested in. But I also, I don't know, I'm looking at these. I might not use them that much for some of these. I do have an NPC who, like, I kind of, like, if I were, if I did, like, play them, they would have been a tech geek. We could just use that. Oh, please, yes. Who is the local hacker? Um, Elle's friend, Jack. Good. Um, I, I have answered my last sidekick question. What's the most popular thing to do at school? Vandalize the rock. The rock. Oh. I think I think there's a very notable rock on campus and everybody is constantly painting over it. Oh shame. I thought we had a statue oh, of Dwayne Johnson damn. somewhere on campus. Someone is People definitely drawing on that rock. On. Yeah, Dwayne John drawing. There's Dwayne this on rock, the rock at this yeah. one university that it's painted when someone in the fraternity has sex for the first time that year. What? No. Amazing. Yeah. Jesus. What the fuck? How do they know? <laughs> no, they paint it themselves. It's like a, oh, it's like a oh, right. part of the ritual you for the fraternity. In the lie. middle of your walk of shame, you're just encountered by like an entire frat, like their contingent with paint cans. Uh, I think they don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> it's so funny. All right. Uh, then we also have the ingenue questions. I think this one is worth answering. What's the name of a public meeting place, and what makes it accessible? I think it's like a children's park. It's like a playground. Child playground? I was going to say a library because everyone's allowed in the it's library. It's a library playground. Puddingstone Public Library, which also has a uh, yes. playground in the yard next to it. Having fun isn't hard, but you have a library Wow, that card. sign is huge. <laughs> that sign is huge. No, there's like, there's a, there's a county building in my state, which is literally, it's like the tax building, library, playground police department it there's no funding so everyone just has to cram into one building that's exactly the vibe if your grandma dies you register her will there <laughs> damn rest in peace grandma for jack what problems has technology caused in the city like maybe what are the what are the what are the tech uh, problems that we have i don't know much about technology to think about like what kind of problems it caused okay oh I, this yeah. is the, mo the mobile signal sucks like we live in a dead zone I, I have a suggestion. This is also something I was thinking about for what makes it difficult for the poorer part of town. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The the rise of ride shares has led to a decrease in public trans like actual public transportation. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, decreased so public transportation is so flavorful, as opposed to like we never had any. No, we used to have better, and we got worse. Now there is one bus, and it has to go over every part of town, so you can only get to get on it once. That is it. Mm -hmm. 
Our town sucks. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Andy, the hard-boiled, where's the best place to get gossip? Hmm. It would be really funny if it was the other club, not the secret club, but the club that it's a se- <laughs> secretly in. <laughs> the overground. Um, okay, if we're making them in, like, the like same that's... building, we gotta give them fun, like, paired names. <laughs> Like if if the club. big club is called if the big club is called the Gates of Hell, the shitty underground secret club is called Dante's Inferno. Oh my like, god, I actually really like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Like the main club is called the Rabbit Hole, and then like the club within the club is like the Queen Chamber or something, you know, or Wonderland, party. or is that too on to know? I like the Alice vibe, guys. For That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Wonderland is the underground. Yeah, or is and, it the? Yeah, Wonderland would be the club within the club, and the red hole would be like the rabbit hole. The at- adorable would be the would be the mm-hmm. front. Oh, we should add that to the locations too. Yes, please. Yeah, please add anything to the master list of locations or NPCs so that I can remember them easier. Um, and then the other thing that the town sheet has is that we need to decide what we want to be bad about our police, <laughs> and we want them to be corrupt, crony, aggro, and different. I think I probably want um, corrupt and indifferent. I don't want to play aggro cops. Yeah, <laughs> or crony no. and corrupt. What is crony? crony the thing about making them crazy yeah, is that is... they have to be crony to someone. So we need like a politician or a business or something. Okay, that here's the thing though. Right. Is I was going to say crony because the Castelli family is part of a greater crime organization. All right, All right we got it. I would love crony and indifferent if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. Um, and then we got to decide what our other authority figures are from that same list. Corrupt, crony, aggro, and different. I, I don't know who these other authority figures are. I suppose they are the wealthy people in town, generally. Yeah, like our parents, probably. I was going to say corrupt and indifferent. Feels good. That feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Um, then I have for my playbook questions we didn't answer yet. How do the rich, popular kids differentiate themselves and... Who is the person you look to, up to as the standard of cool? How do the rich, popular kids differentiate themselves? I mean, there's always the obvious answer of, like, they dress in designer clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, they wear <laughs> expensive clothes. They can also be the kind of ki- th- rich kids who, like, you know, they throw their money around. Like, they do community work. They do, like, they're like, oh, I'll buy you this thing. But they don't really give a shit. You mean, like, they do ex- a lot of volunteering just to show off? They have just extra to show time? Off. It's, yeah, it's not even a lot of volunteering. They just, like, fun shit and show up. Like, yeah, our money helped do this. Yeah, I'll write a check for this thing. I'm not going to have to do anything about it, but I wrote a yeah, check. Yeah, exactly. I'll take a picture of me standing do next to Do y'all's colleges chat. also have the, like, weed hoodies and the boat shoes and the, like, the cargo, like, the khakis? For some oh, reason, yeah. rich people don't, they just, they could wear more interesting things. I honestly uh, so much prefer the fraternity dudes that wear three-piece suits just, like, every day. Yeah. Like, I love <laughs> When there was that phase of like, uh, like frat boy or people that look like frat boys, like wearing those like male jumpsuits that were like head, like you know, with like the shorts Her and beautiful. like beautiful. they're like b- Bermuda shorts, but like they've got like that like like Polynesian prints and stuff. Right. Those were so funny. Like at least you're wearing something interesting. <laughs> Rich people trick themselves into buying sustainable 
because it's more expensive. Okay, for the ingenue, so anyone can answer this. Who want, who works to make the town a better place, and what are they hiding? Hmm. Hmm. Let's look at our NPCs. We could also invent a new NPC that is, like, deeply involved in the community center or something. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like a mayor or something. We don't have anything like that. Most of our NPCs are our classmates and things. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows their town's mayor? Couldn't small be small towns. I like y- you can you can chance upon senators in small like states. Like just on complete accident, I've met district representatives. I saw Bernie Sanders in a um, Ben and Jerry's oh, in Vermont, <laughs> and that's exactly the type of shit that I think like mayors yeah, and fucking. It was right after, it was, like, summer 2016. It was, like, right after he got knocked out. So sad. God, That's why he's at the Ben and Jerry's. He just, you know, <laughs> he he waits in line himself to buy his Ben and Jerry's. Such a, such a man of the a people. respectful American. <laughs> man of the people. <laughs> exactly. And I, I saw him, and I was like, that's Bernie Sanders. And then I whispered it to my friend, and then I didn't say it, because I didn't want people to bother him while he was in line. Nice. Siobhan, did you peep his Ben and Jerry's order, though? I didn't. I was, like, 20 people behind him in line. Damn it! Ah. <laughs> Could have had breaking news right here. No. Probably he's, like, said what it was in an interview before. Probably. Alright, are we done building the town? I mean, like, we can answer mm-hmm. these as we- the questions that we didn't answer Oh, we need we to come up with a name for the poorer part yeah. of town. Oh, yeah. Hey, poors. <laughs> Man. Hey, you poors. Bye's and L. <laughs> Damn, all right. Have nots. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Theory. Or not theory, idea. Yeah. Uh, what if it's called the bricks because of like old brick houses? <gasps> yeah. yeah. What? I was definitely I thought, thinking about bricks. I thought, for of, this I thought it was town. the expression hit the bricks, but that works too. No, no, that's what the people who the live there say. It's like literally like, oh, well, you know, it's, our, it's a nice historic district. And it's old tenement housing type stuff and <laughs> like old brick houses. The pipes so. are awful. Yeah. yeah. No, no AC, no heater, no dishwasher. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Are we? Are we gonna? Are we ready to play a little bit? I guess. Sure. Should we say anything to say goodbye? I guess for this first episode. Or like. Um, I was actually gonna ask how you wanted to do. Did you want to do like a pre-recorded end of episode credits kind of thing? Or I mean, probably we should do that. Probably that's like the easiest way to do it, don't you think? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, in that case, I'm going to request everybody say something along the lines of character name was played by your name. Yes, and you can find them at these places. That sounds good. Maeve Monroe was played by Siobhan, who you can find at Spellbound Mage on Twitter, at Siobhan on Cohost, and at Twitch.tv/RunawaySorcery. Amos Nam was played by Josephine at Scary Dog Friend on Twitter and Tumblr. Victoria Castelli was played by Cassidy, who you can find on Twitter at MadLobotanist or on co-host at Lobotanist. L. Alvarez was played by Ribby, where you can find them on at RibbySauce on Twitter. Baez Rorado was played by Indy, who you can find on Twitter, Twitch, It's Mr. Mask, and on co-host at Indy, and also at Dice Comics. 
Some Place to Be can be found on Twitter at Some Place to Be, on co-host at Some Place to Be, or on the website at someplacetobe.neocities.org. Consider it done. <laughs> well, maybe I hear the blues are calling. That's, the, ev- that's the episode. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> okay.